Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Yeah, good man. Life is good. Getting settled in a new place. This will be one of the last shows that you see in this room. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to start designing my new studio, which is going to be fucking awesome. Can I recommend a background of plants? They're really fantastic for a background. You know, I will have plants, but it's not going to exactly be your style. So yeah, sorry to the, the listeners. <laughs> well, so long as there's some plants, plants are just the best background. We had to take our plants. laser eyes off for this show. So la- laser eyes are off while we are, while we are live streaming, but you know, they were, they were on a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think it was like on Thursday, I was like, how do you put laser eyes on a fractal? And then uh, Greg, who was one of like the original laser eyes to 100K guys, um, put some laser eyes on me. And it was actually fractals of laser eyes. So if you zoom really close into my Twitter icon, you can see you can see the laser eyes. They're there. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I noticed the laser eyes. I didn't know that there was a fractal of laser eyes. I'll have to take oh, a yeah. deeper look. Dude, we don't just laser eyes here. <laughs> we fractal. <laughs> Got to keep it eyes. consistent. Yeah, exactly. So how did so how did this meme come about? Because I I know this meme goes back to like Nick Carter, but from what I can pretty pretty I'm pretty sure it goes even further than him. Um, so I mean, there's three memesters in the Bitcoin space: RD, Greg, and uh, Chairforce, and. Uh, these guys are degenerate memers. You know, there's some degenerate traders and they're degenerate Bitcoin memers. And uh, they just started doing hashtag. I think it was as Bitcoin was ripping like a thousand K every single or uh, every two hours or so, um, or a thousand hundred dollars, a thousand dollars every two hours or so. Um, and they just started it and they started DMing people. And, you know, it was just so easy to signal that you were long Bitcoin with the laser eyes, it just exploded. And then when Senator Lummis put it on Friday morning, like that was next level. It's just, yeah, there's so many people over. ripping the laser eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's a really Even the ETH heads. Meme. Even the ETH heads, right? It's, it's such a fantastic meme because like it's, it shows, it shows like unity and solidarity and just like shell, it's a massive shelling point. And there's no better way to communicate just like the raw power that is just coming out of Bitcoin than just Bitcoiners having like laser eyes. Like there's so much unbridled energy that is coming out of the eyes of all the memesters. I think it, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, we are reminded that Bitcoin has a lot of really good memesters on team Bitcoin, which is, is awesome. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful. Like, it's very, it's very, very appropriate that the the coin that needs to meme itself into existence has a, an army of very, very strong memesters. It's like how, you literally can't be more bullish. So I mean, like, I've heard things like you you posted a few weeks ago. I think it was like the the ETH BTC reversal moment when you said I have no BTC. I think that was like right oh, yeah. right on the tippy top. Oh but yeah. like, was that was that the top? <laughs> the it was right. close. But um, <laughs> you know, you said that you know how many people were commenting under your, your tweet saying have fun staying core. Like mm-hmm. I mean it, that that made you bullish. So like I think you have a nuanced view on you know the memes and the toxicity on Twitter. Yeah. 
Yeah, it depends on what meme, meme we're talking about. Um, it's it's very, very, very bullish that a bunch of Bitcoiners all just like snap into place and all put laser eyes. And like the, the magnitude of the snapping into place and, and get stepping into line and all showing consensus and unity with each other to the point that United States Senator also does it is extremely bullish. It's the, one of the most and bullish things. And a congressman. Like, and a congressman, yeah. And like there's at the end of the day, like these blockchains, these crypto systems, the reason why they are important, in my opinion, and this is where we might differ, is that this the people behind them. There's a meme going around in like some ETH heads that we haven't really started shilling, but like so I thought that we're thinking about as in like people are the uh, L0, right? People all are the layer zero to systems. Um, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, they have their L1, but it's the people that make up these systems. That's the L0. Um, and when like a, such a wide and distributed set of community members all just like you in a moment is in a sign of solidarity, a moment of solidarity, I'll put like laser eyes on on Twitter. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to throw another question at you. Like mm -hmm. over the summer, you know, one of your gimmicks on Twitter was that you're slaying frogs like you don't oh, like yeah. hamsters, you know, uh -huh. like. You know, you're going after that, but at the same time, at the, you know, you admit that it is bullish and okay, you know, any, any, any coin that was pumped on 4chan went up a lot, Link being, you know, the prime example of that. So, I mean, what's your, like, what's your take on that? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't specifically slaying frogs. And like, I do have a much more favorable and nuanced view about frogs after that whole debacle. Um, and you're totally right. Like a lot of that same energy, it's the exact same, like a distributed set of participants who all like come to a shelling point and start doing the same things and acting in the same way. The reason why I was going after the, the frogs though, was that like frogs were branded as like this army that pumps coins and so it could be co-opted, right? Um, like the the like what's what protects Bitcoin is that you can't co-opt Bitcoiners. Like you can't get Bitcoiners to shill your shitcoin. Like you can't do it. You can't. It can't be done. Uh, but frogs, you can get frogs to shill your shitcoin, right? And if you make a bunch of frog accounts, and then with your frog accounts you sock puppet them and start talking about your your coin, like you can co-opt that whole energy. Like Bitcoiners aren't, are not co-optable. Like they're about Bitcoin. That's what their deal is. Uh, but frogs are co-optable. Like you can, you can try and steer that movement if you put enough energy into the system. So, I mean, where's the lesson here for Ethereum, do you think? Right. So like I was kind of the one, I, initially I was like, pe people started, to, a couple of Ethereum started to put laser eyes on. And I was like, you know, like all the Bitcoiners are doing it. They're all just putting red eyes on. Like if we start doing it, like they're just going to fucking shit on us for being copycats and blah, 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 which is exactly what happened. But at some point, like there was enough Ethereum, like laser eyes people where I was like, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Like we're going to fucking do this. And so I started just like fucking taking everyone's anyone that ever like commented on my tweet i would take their profile picture slap laser eyes and send it back to them and so I, I at some point i just completely flipped and i was like you know what we're doing it like there's already enough of us doing it so like let's fucking go balls to the wall with doing it and at some point like i raised this question to brandon quidem who poached fun at ethereans as like just a bunch of copycatters and and like you know bitcoiners are really good at meme adoption and ethereans are just copycatters and then I, my, my question to him is like 
how come when Ethereans do it, it's not meme adoption, it's copycatting? Why isn't it meme adoption? And I think, and my claim to him was like, well, in your eyes, it's not meme adoption because you have a bias towards Bitcoin and you view Ethereans as the out group. And like, you know, it's Bitcoiners started it and they were predominantly red and orange laser eyes. And then Ethereans came in and they was more blue, blue, more blue and purple like laser eyes, but it's still laser eyes. It's still laser eyes. Hey, let, let's still not connect purple space. laser eyes to uh, to Ethereum. OK, because your boy is, is is OG on the purple <laughs> laser eyes. <laughs> right. So like there is some some like fluidity between the colors. Right. But like at, at some point, it's just it's the same meme. It's the same meme. It's the same. meme. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so uh, I mean, I get why Bitcoiners want to dunk on Ethereans, but mm-hmm. I would always also say like zoom out like Ethereans are Bitcoiners. It's just a slightly different flavor. And I mm-hmm. mean, like, I think it's pretty interesting seeing people like Mark Cuban, Gary V get in on like the NFT explosion, the mm-hmm. the DeFi explosion, a lot of stuff that's going on in Ethereum. And like, I mean, I think that these people want to flirt with Bitcoin, but it just doesn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I truly think like one of these topics is like, what if Bitcoiners and Ethereans are right? Right. Like, right. you know, I, I think Bitcoiners are right. Um, I, it, it's still for me, like I'm not as convinced about like what's happening in the outside of Bitcoin space, like the longevity of it. But I mean, I, I can tell you that it's really good at attracting people that wouldn't get Bitcoin uh, right. in, like and bring them closer in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. One, one of the one of the bold cases for Ethereum is that Ethereum has a lot more surface area than Bitcoin does, right? Smart contracts are surface area, right? And one of the surface areas that is really being um, being leveraged right now is NFTs, right? All the people for some reason NFTs like resonate with a lot of people that like cryptocurrency. And in currencies and monies, like they don't really care about that, but they care about the NFT and like rare digital art side of things. Like at some point, like, and this is when, this is like Mark Cuban's statement is like why he's bullish ether over Bitcoin as a money is because like all of that surface area, you need ether to access all that surface area. Um, And with Bitcoin, it's just Bitcoin. Like it's just Bitcoin, Bitcoin is what Bitcoin is and that's what it is. And there's not much surface area because Bitcoin is literally the reduction of surface area rather than the expansion of it. Well, I mean, like, I think it just that has to do with uh, what you think a blockchain is useful for. I would say that Bitcoin plugs into the existing Internet stack really great. Um, and it's the native Internet or mm. money of the Internet. Um, and sure. it obviously has that, like the dominant store value property of any cryptocurrency. So I would push back that Mark Cuban kind of gets it. But at the same time, like in terms of like where certain like token ecosystems live, like absolutely it's on ethereum and like you know either whether it's like leverage trading like without kyc or uh the nft thing like you know it's clearly happening on ethereum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um where where has our direction of conversation gone we went from talking about memes to talking about service area and nfts well where, i mean on, on my list is I have uh, laser eyes, so we cover that. Um, okay. Bitcoin and ETH price, which I think is an interesting conversation. Maybe that's at the end. Mm-hmm. NFT explosion, and then what if Bitcoiners and ETH heads are right? Uh, where does the value crew? So I mean, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe we just go to price, and then we we get back and get try to go back and forth on that last point. I don't know. 
Uh, well, let's keep talking about NFTs. And I want to hear your opinion on NFTs. So like what, what's Bitcoiners, I'm assuming the average Bitcoiner opinion about NFTs is like, oh, it's a bunch of noise. Like what's your opinion? So, I mean, I have the opinion that altcoin projects can be very positive for the space and drive a lot of interest ultimately towards Bitcoin. Um, so I feel the same way about NFTs. But like I posted this on Twitter, like I think two, two weeks ago, I was saying like all caps, all NFTs are trending to zero in Bitcoin terms over a long enough time horizon. And then I retweeted that in all caps saying every Picasso is trending to zero in Bitcoin terms on a long enough time horizon. So it's not how I feel about art or NFTs or non-fungible tokens. I think that this is an opportunity to get on the world like fabric of value as it goes through its monetization cycle. So I think there's a time to trade your Bitcoins for some other thing that brings you delight and is scarce, but it's just not right now. See, like this is this is kind of my frustration with with Bitcoiners. It's like when I ask them, it's like, well, what do you think about NFTs? The the generally ninety nine percent of the time, the answer is going to be like, well, this is about hard money, and they're going to zero in Bitcoin terms. I'm like, well, I didn't hear anything about like the potent the potential like monetization that it offers creators or like the, the job opportunities that it offers creators or the uniqueness of like art and digitally native art or the possibilities of the combinations of like patterns in a blockchain and how that can be created into a specific visual form of an NFT and the creativity that that unleashes and how this might be like the access, the, the unleashing of a new era of art. Like I hear none of this and there's so much more in the conversation yet Bitcoiners are always like well it's going to zero in bitcoin terms i'm like well that's just sure like we can talk about how it's hard money but like what about the whole other side of the whole thing which is the nft side like there seems yeah. to be a complete lack of appreciation i mean most bitcoiners are literally foregoing everything in order to accumulate more bitcoin with that being said a lot of bitcoiners do collect nfts a lot of bitcoiners really like rare items like i think a lot of bitcoiners you know are predisposed towards collecting like every a lot of bitcoiners i know the ceo of btc media is a huge collector of my all my brothers i'm the biggest collector um so like uh i definitely think that there's something there but you got to know who you're talking about you know go talk to an oil and gas guy about freaking electric cars all these amazing things that elon musk is doing and he's gonna just dunk on it you know it's just like He's like, oil and gas is not going anywhere, bro. It's necessary for how the, you know the society functions right now. So, I mean, I think it's a matter of a, a conversation. Um, and I think there's just an inherent turnoff to people in the Bitcoin community right now, at least the maximalists, who don't want to use Ethereum infrastructure. Um, right. They're turned off by it. So um, I don't know how that sentiment is going to change uh, over uh, any period of time. I have a crypto kitty and I have a... Uh, an NFT made by young Gucci T. I think I gave him two ETH for it when uh, ETH was 200 bucks. So I hope he uh, <laughs> used that ETH wisely. Yeah, I was going to ask about Tommy. So Tommy is your coworker at, at uh, Bitcoin Magazine and, or BTC Media, I mean, and uh, he makes NFTs on Ethereum and sells them. And I'm assuming some of that revenue, he goes and buys Bitcoin with it. So that kind of makes him a very unique individual. He's kind of doing the thing that I was saying, which is what makes NFT so cool is it allows people to, 
create art and then make money. And that money can be BTC. And especially if you're a Bitcoiner, you like BTC, right? There seems to be a lack of conversation or a lack of these types of people around. Um, what, what does Tommy have to say when he like, I'm sure he has to deal with his friction. Well, we, we have to get him on. But I mean, there's a lot of those people. There's a lot of Bitcoin artists that are doing NFTs on ETH, like slightly mm-hmm. begrudgingly. And a lot of their NFTs are Bitcoin based and, you know, yeah. very much like Bitcoin oriented. But I mean, absolutely. There's that ecosystem. Just like if you want to uh, leverage trade without KYC, you know, where is it going to be? It's going to be on Ethereum right now. But, you know, you have to separate that from the investment thesis. Uh, and yeah, Ethereum can do and enables really cool things right now and is a hub of markets right now. That's undeniable. Um, but again, you can be playing around in this thing, but if you don't recognize that Bitcoin is money in the center of it all, I think you're going to get wrecked. That's just my opinion. Sure. Um, there was somebody tweeted at me, like there was some like uh, NFT that was minted on Rarible, Rarible, and I think it was from like Cointelegraph or CoinGecko or some some one of these big companies or big websites minted this like, congratulations, $50,000 Bitcoin NFT on Ethereum. And this random Twitter account added me and they were like, yo, trustless state, like, isn't it super ironic that like Bitcoiners are minting NFTs on Ethereum? And I'm like, no. No, it's absolutely fantastic. Like, why would that be ironic? Like, this is good tech. Like, why why is there irony here? Like, this is just, like, ever since the start of POV crypto, I've been on this fucking train since day one. It's Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then that's where the line is drawn. It's, 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 that's it. That, and there's a meaningful difference. I mean, it hasn't been since day one, but... I, mean, I think it had okay. pretty early on, pretty, pretty early, early on. on. I, I did start off as a poly blockchainer, but then, then it quickly coalesced, collapsed down into just Bitcoin and Ethereum. And it's been like that for the vast majority of BOB, BOB crypto. Yes. Your, your, uh, your shit chaining has, uh, was a short stint. Yeah. So it was very, very you're short. welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was your, that was your efforts. That was you injecting into my brain. That was very, very true. See, ETH heads, I'm influencing you without even knowing it. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. It's very true. A lot of the writing and, and a lot of just like the content I've production I've done, and especially the content production I've done that people in the Ethereum community really, really enjoy, it, it comes back to these conversations on POV crypto that I've had with Christian. Um, very much so. I mean, and like, then, I think that this sorry is to a, cut you, I'm going to cut you off, yeah. but you saw, also started off this conversation as like, well, a lot of Ethereans are actually Bitcoiners. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I think that POV crypto is the best podcast in in, in crypto. So, um, <laughs> in terms of like actually bringing like elite uh, thought and opinions and knowledge of both communities to uh, mm-hmm. one forum, that there's literally nothing that compares yet that I've seen. So, yeah, um, again, to the listeners, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, you're welcome. Yeah, and I get I get great points from David. I've learned a lot from David. So uh, Bitcoiners dunk on David, but you know he's my boy. He's going to be one of uh, one of the groomsmen at my wedding. So he's yeah. the man. Oh wow, that's public knowledge, huh? Cool. We can talk about this. Sure. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to be shoulder to shoulder with any other other Bitcoiners in the groomsmen pod uh, groomsmen party. Are there any Bitcoiners in the groomsmen party? Uh, I'm not going to dox the rest of the party, but David's going to be there. Oh uh, well, you can say yes or no. Uh, I mean, mostly people we know, dude. Oh, so I'm going to be the only other crypto person that's going to be an Ethereum? This is going to be great. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> not at the wedding, but uh, but in the, in the... Right, right, in, in the yeah. party. Yeah. Neener, yep. neener, neener, you Bitcoiners. Lol. 
There you go. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, wh- how are you feeling? Like, uh, last week, price-wise, mm-hmm. was, like, fireworks for Bitcoin, but you did pretty well, too. You know, crossed mm-hmm. 2000s, broke all-time yep. high itself. And then this morning, just the dump. I um, think this is, like, the biggest yeah. dump that we've had since, like, the, the end of DeFi summer. This is, like, the biggest pain that we felt for a while. I mean... Maybe for altcoins, but for Bitcoin, I feel like we went from uh, like yeah, forty-two to like thirty something. No, I mean uh, in January. January was was uh, I was stacking at thirty, feeling feeling cute. Oh yeah, we did go from forty-two to thirty. Still though, we had just gone up so high. Maybe it's just because this is my my second bull market, and I'm also a very zen individual, and I've I, I've come to terms with the fact that like pain exists and like as soon as you come to terms with the how pain with how pain exists in crypto markets then all of a sudden it's not really painful so like but i i have felt zero pain like this entire time and i am like irresponsibly leveraged at the same time and so like there's that weird juxtaposition of like a lot of leverage and zero pain and like i've i've felt like this is absolutely unreal where like number just goes up 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 and like finally like of today we finally feel like the first pain that we felt in a while anyways so, I mean, how, how are you managing your leverage, uh, but also like feeling comfortable? Because part of like leverage is that if there is a big enough drop, like there is a liquidation price, right? Like, are you right. just like nowhere close to that? And you've just been levered long since like 80, 80 bucks and you're good? Like what's, uh, what's the situation? Yeah. yeah, the last time I took leverage was at $1,040 Ether. So like pretty safe. We're pretty safe here. Um, the, there, I do have a pretty high liquidation price because I actually don't hold a lot of my assets in the actual, it's an Aave. I don't hold all my assets in Aave. So I take leverage, but I don't put it back into Aave just because then that reduces my contract risk. So I have leverage and I have a higher liquidation price, but I have plenty of assets. They're just not in the application. Um, and so I actually did have to do that this morning where I put my money back a little bit more back into Aave to backstop it. But like, still, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna do this just anyways. But still, like, I'm fucking fine. Like, there's no, there's nothing, there's no way that this is. Ha- I'm not getting liquidated. It's not gonna happen. Um, I've lost the most money. I lost the most money I've ever lost today by by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like when you look at a Warren Buffett, you know, he loses billions in uh, one trading day, but it's because he has billions. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But um, aren't you like worried about? uh congestion being insane on on the ethereum blockchain when you uh in a crisis moment where you need to cover your long no no i'm not but i'm privileged because i've been in i've been in crypto for a while right so a i'm likely not going to have to do that because i've i'm smarter because i've i'm more experienced and b like i can pay for gas (laughs) Yeah, you were telling me about uh, you having like three ETH and gas or whatever on just like one random wallet. Yeah, just one random wallet. Yeah, the uh, the my main wallet, the amount of money I've spent on gas is pretty fucking crazy. But like uh, you also have to like when you when you pay for gas when ether is four hundred dollars, well, then that gas amount that you paid like, you know, that what did that five X's, right? And so historically, like it, all the ether that I've ever spent on gas is pretty fucking insane. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what uh, Never Go Up does. Hey, it makes it your goes, fees yeah. and anything you spent mm-hmm. in denominated crypto terms uh, get mm-hmm. huge. So mm-hmm. 
just don't think I will, about that, I, I guess. Will say <laughs> is that like, you know, while like we love fees, fees are great, bullish for Ethereum. At this point in time, the fees are actually at, at a level where like we are no longer receiving positive repercussions of that, positive second second order effects. There's, there's Ethereum, there's spillover going on to other chains that aren't Ethereum, right? And then there's also the negative press as well. Uh, and so like Binance Chain is getting a lot of Ethereum's economic activity because Ethereum isn't able to scale at this present moment. And then like, there's a lot of people very bitter about paying gas fees. So like there's spillover that Ethereum isn't capturing and then there's negative PR that Ethereum is capturing. So like, I definitely say like we are beyond the part, the we are well beyond the the optimal part of what gas fees can do. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking to a Bitcoiner, so I could have told you that a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the the positive spin here is that um, this is going to really help Layer 2 get developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what's your take on that? Yeah, dude, L- L- like, first off, Layer 2 is here. And this is this is my mental model for how the L2 works, right? The L- L2, there, there's, think of a circle. And that's Ethereum. The circle's Ethereum. L2 is on the margins and they are growing out of the margins, right? They're both expanding out into their own L2 and then they're also expanding inwards into Ethereum, right? And so the way that this works is like Loopring, uh, which is a payments and AMM and order book exchange on an L2, which is trying to like, like take, capture some of that and Uniswap energy. Like, hey, do you like trading on Uniswap? Come trade on, Usw- on Loopring. It's the same thing, but without gas. Um, and so that's kind of expanding inwards into the fold. And the more people that adopt Loopring, the farther it migrates inwards, right? And then there's the outwards migration, which is like trying to get Coinbase and Gemini to facilitate deposits directly onto Loopring. Um, that's outwards. And so they're, they're going in both directions. L2 is here. Like we already have Loopring uh, and Synthetics is on optimistic rollups. Uh, there's a bunch of other uh, apps that are trying to get deployed on optimistic rollups. People are not pricing in Uniswap V3 on optimistic rollups. But the point is, it's like things are on the margins and like L2 is here and it's marching inwards, but like it's, they're still just on the margins. There's the most of Ethereum is relatively untouched by L2, but they are here. You just have to go to them. Like you can wait for them to come to you so long as you're okay with paying gas fees in, uh, before then, before it actually gets to you. But like they are coming, they're marching inwards. And that's my mental model. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. I, you could zoom that model out and just say that's how Bitcoin works with individuals and with uh, countries. It, it, it uh, kind of integrates at the margin. It integrates mm-hmm. into your life at the margins where you need it and it integrates into societies that aren't being uh, served. So, I mean, I think that uh, you can use a lot of those kind of fractal image, images and thinking about how these things work and uh, overlay it over anything in, in crypto. Um, how do you feel about the Udi thesis, right? What's the, you know, what's Udi, the Udi thesis? He's it's been like, a while since I've heard this name. There's a like that Ethereum doesn't actually have a moat that all it's like the thin protocol thesis that all of these apps are where the value is captured. They can go multi-chain. They're going to go the chain that that offers the combination of censorship resistance and uh, permissionlessness and speed that you know suits right. what their use case is. And that yeah. Binance chain is is a perfect example of that. I think Sam Bankman Fried from FTX, you know, he has said that, you know, that's why he's doing, you know, Solana and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, what what's your thought there? 
Yeah, so we just actually today on the Bankless podcast, we came out with uh, three app builders who are building their apps on L2. And this was the same fucking narrative back in 2017. That was This was like the EOS narrative. We're like, oh yeah, we're an EVM fork. You can just deploy your shit on our chain and then you can just port over, right? Um, and, and so like the, the uh, who was it? It was Synthetics that actually did start to build stuff on EOS. And then when they tried to go into the community and tried to ask questions, they got crickets. This is an almost almost line word for word what they were saying, right? You need to like the, the M0 is people. You need to be where the people are. And that's why people are paying $50 per Uniswap transactions to get in, right? Because there's demand for being on Ethereum. Like there aren't, there aren't any other L1s because there aren't any other L0s because the only L0s there are are the Ethereans and the Bitcoiners, right? There are no Binance chain. There's no Binance chain community. There's no Binance chain podcast. There's no Binance chain like marketing company related like, like Bitcoin magazine for Binance that doesn't exist. There aren't any Binance chain like Zealots. Like, no, same thing with Solana. Like there aren't, there are, there are crickets there. There's nothing over there. It's not happening. I mean, yeah, I guess. And I do agree that the community is big and the people make a huge part and Bitcoiners have done a huge thing for Bitcoin. Right. But um, ultimately, like community isn't scalable. Like what's scalable is running full nodes and, you know, having skin in the game. And, you know, I I just think that, you know, I, I can see a world where, you know what, just the majority of people want to, you know, hold their value in a unit that they understand and they don't give it ish on what platform they actually transact in or leverage apps on. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be Ethereum. I don't know what the future holds, but like, I, I don't really subscribe to this idea that like, you know, it boils down to this community of people. Like that's not, it's just like, that's a utopian thing. And I just, you know, I, as much as I love the Bitcoin community, as much as I understand how much they are part of it, like the Bitcoin community that I interact with is only a tiny percentage of people that are actually using Bitcoin. And I don't know what the fuck the other people are like. Like I do yeah. know that they, you know, they have value in Bitcoin, but that's all I know really. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's two differences with Bitcoiners and Ethereans with this whole like M0 metaphor where um, because Bitcoin was able to calcify sooner in its, in its lifetime as on the L1, then it was able to shed that M0 protective layer sooner. Um, and Ethereum doesn't have, didn't have that, that privilege that, that, um, to be able to do that. Right. And so it needs its protective shield of an M zero longer than it does than Bitcoin does. Also, this is going back to the whole surface area metaphor, like NFTs offer a capacity for people to become part of the M zero, um, just like DeFi apps and builders and developers. The fact that like Ethereans want developers, 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 and Bitcoin development on the L1 is generally calcified. Like that's a more M0. So Ethereum overall just has a larger M0 capacity, which I think will make the whole like M0 conversation relevant to Ethereum for a longer time. But the overall trend is the same where like the, the ultimately like the M0. You mean L0. L zero, not M zero. Uh, yes, L zero. The the you're talking the, about M one, M two. You're thinking money. Uh, that is, yeah, that is right. The uh, the the meme layer the, of people will be more relevant for Ethereum for a longer time than than Bitcoin is. Um, but at the end of the day, like Bitcoin wouldn't have been a thing in the first place without its M zero or L zero, right? Without its people, like Bitcoin wasn't anything until the people came, right, and then protected it, right. Um, and I just don't see that happening anywhere. Yeah, maybe I have a more totalitarian view, but I think that like 
and this is obviously like you're into Ethereum and you are working towards this unfinished project, like Vitalik said on uh, the Bankless podcast, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like I view it as like we are pawns doing Bitcoin's bidding. Right. We're just playing the game now. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I, maybe, you know, that maybe that's a distinction into how we kind of view the world and how it's different. I definitely, that is like the cooler view, right? Where like Bitcoin is a straight up God and we are just like succumb to the fate of this God, right? Um, I do think that Ethereum falls into that same category where there is this like long-term vision and ethos and energy about Ethereum, where there is this Ethereum God that is trying to use us as pawns. And that's always why like, even though there is like centralized organization behind like Danny Ryan and like Tim Bako and Vitalik, like even though there are these individual peoples that are more than pawns, right? Maybe they're rooks, maybe they're queens. Um, but they're still doing the bidding of this, this God. And the God is determined by the values that we all as a collective human group of humans want to bestow upon this world through this thing called Ethereum, right? And so there is this like, ethereum god that is making the moves playing the field and that's just trying to get people to execute on the vision and values that is ethereum aka proof of vitalik no i take it back i just think <laughs> eth heads are cultists <laughs> all right i don't know which which one you want me to respond to no i'm just i'm just kidding because he definitely sounded like eth is a religion in that uh these things are religions in, they absolutely so are religions. you don't you don't fight that no I mean, so, I, mean so, I won't I won't take that that metaphor all the way to the very end, but like there, it's valid. If someone calls you a high priest of Ethereum, would you oh, yeah. like compliment? How, how do you how compliment. do you feel about that? Compliment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, calling you a high priest of anything is kind of a compliment, but it's also backhanded <laughs> in this world where like what use is religion then? Because religion what did, is what, demonized. What is right? Pierre? Like, Pierre is a high priest of Bitcoin. He's the biggest well, I, highest priest. I, I like the I like the religious metaphor. I think a religion is kind of like an operating system for like your life, and I mm. I think that Bitcoin's an operating system for the world. Um, so like I'm I'm not I like the religion metaphor, but I think at the same time like it's just like saying capitalism. It's like it's like a tainted mm. word in society today. Like what oh, yeah, sure. what can we talk about that? Like what is why do you find the idea of a religion endearing for Ethereum? Um, right. So like, we do need to shed the baggage of religion, right? Like this isn't like fundamental Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism, right? This is new age religion, but like where I see religion, like in this, in these new frames is more aligned with purpose and meaning and long-term thinking, right? Um, there is meaning in what we are doing here. There's, there is values, which are, should be a code to live by that we can create a system that helps us live by those, those, that code, right? That's Ethereum. Like the code of Ethereum and Bitcoin uh, and the white paper of Bitcoin and like the, uh, what do you, uh, the, like the, the, the Bitcoin white, white paper and then the actual implementation of the code, that's the Bible, yo. Like the white paper of Ethereum, like that's the Bible. We, these are sacred texts. And the reason why they're sacred is because they offer us a way to live our lives. 
and the, the specifically the way to live our lives is guided by a certain set of guiding principles and values, which some people communicate using their, their public forums, their podcasts, like Pierre does, like I try and do on Bankless and on POV Crypto. We've used these amplification like soapboxes to talk about these good, the good values that these things can bring to the world. When we say, have you, I think you've tweeted this, Bitcoin is good, right? Ethereum is good. That's a religious statement. That's a religion. While I don't disagree that like the white paper is like kind of sacred text, I don't think that that white paper actually has anything that any Bitcoiner needs. Like you don't have, in my mind, you don't have to read the white paper and to get like, to be on the Bitcoin's rules. I think 21 sure. million is Bitcoin's rules. Like, you don't have it. to read the Bible to it's go like, to church. Sure. But like, you don't even have to go to, you don't have to, you literally don't need to do anything. You just need to, you know, measure your value and think in, in sats. That's all you need to be on the Bitcoin right. code. Right. And like, there's tons of like influences that Christianity has on all of our lives as, as people that live in America, like weddings, that's a Christian thing. That's, that's Christian. Uh, there's, there's a ton of other things sure? that I think that's like a human thing. Yeah, that's, that's possibly true. But like, also it's, it's a human thing because it, it's one, it's almost one and the same right? Um, like bless you. That's a really religious thing. Like religion has baked into our lives through every single porous hole. Like, and th if I had thought about this a little bit more, I would be able to come up with like 20 more examples of all these things that we do that are every because holiday. of religion. Yeah. Every holiday, like ri rituals, ceremonies, like gatherings, like whatever. It's all religious. religious holidays are better or worse than status holidays. Better. Okay. I just pulled that out of my ass. And except except so, for the day, like, it, the holiday. That, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, except except for except fuck for President's the, Day. Fuck President's Day. And the, the holiday that we do need is the day off to go vote. That should be a ritual. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, you can vote with your feet with Bitcoin. Um, yeah, let's wrap this one up. Dollar. Wrapping it up. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can follow yeah. the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. You can follow me at Trustless Date, both on Twitter and on Bankless. Christian. Yeah. You guys can find me at CK underscore Snarks and at Bitcoin Magazine. And uh, if you're a Peter McCormick fan or hater, you can catch me on what Bitcoin did uh, with Robert Breedlove. That dropped last Tuesday. Uh, it's oh, been sure. a great show. So um, scope I have that. not seen that one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go listen to that right now while I cook, cook my dinner. There you go. You making a steak? Yeah. 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 Okay. Always. Let's go. Oh, cheers. Very bougie diet. <laughs> Dude. Bless it. Bless it. That's the diet we need. All right. If nothing's true, then you might as well tell a lie. It's not a it's a